This is Jerry Jones, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, bringing you a solo podcast today because the goddamn trash man won't return any texts about getting the podcast up. Uh, that's about what you can expect from this idiot. Um, Byron, uh, currently out of town, spending a few days <laughs> up in the up in the woods in Colorado before he heads to uh, Denver Broncos camp uh, for all of Roster Watch Nation. Going to be up there here very shortly. Uh, a reminder that if you want to get a pro membership to rosterwatch.com and download any of the tools that I'll be talking about during this podcast and support any of the endeavors that I talk about during this podcast, you can do so by going to rosterwatch.com, getting a pro membership, and it's only $3.99 for the rest of July. Prices will be going up after the end of July, starting on August 1st. So if you're already a member, don't worry. You will be grandfathered in at the price that you got into Roster Watch at. But if you've ever been thinking about joining and are looking for a good reason, now is certainly the time, not only because we have all these tools that uh, are going to be so helpful to you with your own fantasy drafts and coming into the season with your DFS contests and everything else, but also because you're never going to get roster watch for a cheaper price than the $3.99 that is going to be available uh, from now until, what's today, the 26th as I record this. So uh, I guess at some point next week is going to be August 1st at that point. Uh, prices will be going up. So go to rosterwatch.com, get a pro membership. Please support the podcast by doing so. Okay, so like I mentioned, Byron will be at Denver uh, coming up here uh, at the very beginning of next week. Uh, other than that, the tour stops that we have scheduled for the rosterwatch.com training camp tour are the Titans. Uh, I think we're going to have Trash Man there from the 31st of July all the way until the 2nd of August. So we're going to get the complete scoop on how that thing looks now with uh, Marcus Mariota in a whole new system, a wide open uh, system there with Matt LaFleur. And we will find out about what's going on with Corey Davis. Is it looking like he's going to break out? I mean, here's the thing. It's, it, Corey, Corey Davis is going to look like he's poised for a breakout because that's just the way that that guy looks in camp settings. But uh, you know, we'll get the scoop on him. We'll see how often Taewon Taylor is being used uh, in the slot, how often those guys are going to three wide receiver sets, and, of course, uh, how the uh, breakdown of touches looks between Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. We'll have Byron going from Denver to Seattle, where he'll be for three days at the Seahawks camp. Uh, during that time, Trashman will be going north from Tennessee to Chicago to the Bears camp to have a little bit of Miller time. And to see how Mitchell, fucking trash, man. 
He he does Trash Man doesn't believe in the um, Mad Nagy, Mark Helfrich, second year Mitchell Trubisky breakout on offense there in Chicago. Maybe he will uh, once he gets back home from there. Trashman will be moving from the Bears to the Texans uh, there on the 7th through the 10th. The Texans out in West Virginia. Uh, Byron will be going from Seahawks. He'll be done on the 6th. From the 6th to the 8th, he's going to go down to 49ers camp. Uh, from 49ers, he'll go to Raiders, Cowboys, Rams, Chargers. And at some point during that time, I might even get my ass out to uh, Giants, Redskins, and Eagles. So two to three stops in the NFC East. Those are to be determined between uh, 8-12 and 8-18. After that, uh, starting on the 20th, we'll we'll do a quick little Florida deal with the Dolphins and the Jaguars, at least for sure. Uh, We're going to look into getting the Tampa Bay Bucks on there as well. So for now, what we're looking at, it's going to be Broncos, Titans, Seahawks, Bears, Texans, 49ers, Raiders, Cowboys, Rams, Chargers, Dolphins, Jaguars, Giants, Redskins, and Eagles. That is the work that we do for you here at rosterwatch.com. So we're pumped about that. The training camp tour for this year, we're going to get a whole lot of extra um, whole lot of extra intelligence, a uh, whole lot of um, behind-the-scenes coverage, and completely, you know, unfiltered, unfettered, uncensored access to these camps and the information uh, that comes out of them because uh, that's what we do at rosterwatch.com. We want to make sure that you get the straight truth, uh, no fake news, no false narratives, just exactly what we are seeing here at these camps and what we're hearing from the insiders close to these teams. It's going to be super important for us, not only for our DFS contests in the preseason, but also for our season-long drafts and our our DFS futures uh, as we move forward into week one. So with that being said, a whole lot to get to today. All right, so before we get started on some of this other stuff, I just wanted to share this tweet from Phil Savage, our guy Phil Savage, formerly the director of the Senior Bowl and ex-NFL GM, currently working for Sirius XM NFL Radio, and he's the play, not play-by-play, but the color analyst for the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. He said, he tweeted out, based on what he saw today at Bears camp, Anthony Miller is going to be an immediate contributor as a rookie, arguably, arguably the best player on the field this morning. Super quick, sticky hands, and production usually adds up to NFL success. And what have we been telling you, Roster Watch Nation? This whole time, this Anthony Miller has every requisite skill that <laughs> I mean. I just at this point in time, if you listen to this pod, you don't even need to you you don't even need to hear it from me anymore. Uh, but Anthony Miller, uh, unbelievable rookie. I just hope that I, and I tweeted this out. I hope that this does not raise his ADP because we're getting him using the uh, cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com, the uh, PPR cheat sheet version 2.5, which I updated just yesterday, and the Superflex cheat sheet, which got us updated to version 1.1 just yesterday. Uh, we're getting Anthony Miller in the 10th round in every single draft. And some of our followers on Twitter uh, were saying that by, you know, by the end of August, they're thinking that Anthony Miller's redraft ADP could get as high as 6th round which would be extremely hurtful if that was the case because we love getting him in every draft. I don't know if his price raised to sixth round, whether or not we would be able to continue that, even though I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that we would. 
<laughs> but yeah, just more more news there, more confirmation bias, uh, whatever you want to call it. But you know, more just you know, as usual, coming home to roost. Roster Watch Nation, ten steps ahead of the curve. Anthony Miller looking unbelievable out there for the Chicago Bears uh, during this first part of training camp. Okay, so I, I mentioned that we have a couple of new tools up at rosterwatch.com. I got um, I got super maniacal, and I made the strength of schedule tool for the wide receivers a little bit different this year than usual, where it's just the unit rankings, um, at, like it is during the season on the matchup tool, and like it was for the 2018 initial running back matchup slash strength of schedule tool, and... I went through the top 50 wide receivers by ADP, or really the top 49, because I took Dez out of there because Dez doesn't have a schedule because Dez doesn't have a fucking football team. And I'm, I'm worried that he needs to get into a camp soon if he's going to be reliable in any way for this season because, you know, it isn't like he's shown us over and over and over again that he's, he's used to picking up a new playbook immediately. He's never had to have this situation. But anyway, the 49 uh, wide rec- the top 49 wide receivers via ADP, we went through and via our models for the DBs, uh, we took the basically the top three corners from each NFL team, um, the, the, you know, the, the, the two outside corners and the guy who projects via our sources and via what we've been able to pick up as the guy who will be in the slot or whatever the situation is there. And just gone and projected who is likely to be on these wide receivers from a game-to-game standpoint. From there, we made a grid with the players' names on them who, you know, these wide receivers won't see 100% of these of these cornerbacks every single game. But the, I think via these projections and – and I should put a pre- – I should preface this by saying, look, we – we don't know if, you know, Jalen Ramsey or Jason McCourty or Nate Harrison or Eli Apple or Brian Poole or Jimmy Ward or Jamar Taylor, any of these guys are going to tear an ACL and it's going to be a completely different guy on these dudes coming into week seven or week eight or, you know, how things are going to shake out. But if we had to project it now, we projected it best with how we saw things going down. And it was literally for every single matchup, for every single one of these guys, we sat there and thought about it. We, we, we looked at alignment data. We looked at... Um, you know, in cases where you, we weren't sure which guy was going to be on which guy, like a lot of times when teams are facing, say, like a Tyreek Hill, you know, into Sammy Watkins, we would look and see which outside corner was, you know, faster at the combine, stuff like that, or faster as measured by us with our uh, GPS data that we have been gathering over the course of the past five off seasons. And in doing that, we were able to put together basically a grid that shows the kind of overall strength of schedule based on the opposing cornerback matchups. I think it's been very, I think it's going to be very valuable to our users as a supplement to the cheat sheets. Of course, never bastardize the cheat sheet by breaking the rules. Don't, don't ever stray from that based on any cockamamie deal you see about strength of schedule. With that being said... Uh, this is an intuitive tool. It's a fun tool. It's easy to read, and it can be one that could be a tiebreaker for you if you're having to make tough decisions there on the cheat sheet between one player and the next. Uh, I think it'll also be something uh, important for us to utilize internally as we are making updates to the cheat sheet whenever we're kind of breaking our own ties about what we're trying to present you with as far as the best way to gain leverage against ADP. 
So uh, anyway, just a, a couple of guys I wanted to point out on this sheet that really stood out one way or the other as far as having really bad uh, season-long matchups or really good season-long matchups. I mean, this thing starts and ends with Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers as far as who he's likely to face uh, for the majority of his routes or as my guy um, Scott Barrett of Pro Football Focus says when he talks about cornerback wide receiver matchups, I believe he says the plurality of his routes, which – I. I looked that up one time because I didn't know what it meant, and it seemed to make sense. Let me look it up again. Plurality means um, it's different from majority because plurality is, um, let's see, the definition, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. The a large a large number or quantity. So maybe if not the majority, like maybe the, you know, at least they're going to be seeing them on a bunch of the snaps, right? So, and I think with a bunch of these guys, the way it's projected and, and, and what we've put into it, I think it's probably going to be the majority of snaps that these guys see them. And sometimes, it's, it, sometimes this is going to be like lockdown. This is, this is going to be shadow coverage, star coverage. So with Devontae Adams, with all that being said, if you just look at what we're projecting here, these guys come in, these cornerbacks come in five different groups, right? So there's the red group which those are the studs. Those are the corners that you don't want to face. Those are the guys that are bad matchups on a, on a one-on-one basis. There are the pink ones who, uh, based on our models, are the guys who are tough to face, who you don't want to face, but they're easier to face than the, than the red ones. There are the white ones. Those guys are just run-of-the-mill NFL average, not a tough matchup, not an easy matchup. There are the light blue uh, cells, and those guys are easy matchups, and there are the dark blue cells, and those guys are the best matchups, the super easiest, the juiciest, the ones these guys are going to be able to burn, okay? So Devontae Adams, in every single game of the fantasy season, except for week 16 when he goes against the New York Jets and was likely to face off on uh, Morris, uh, Morris Claiborne on the majority of, on, on the majority of his routes – Every single week, it's, it's, it's going to be a guy who's tougher than average. And it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven matchups versus guys who are in that red group. So the absolute toughest of the toughest and one, two, three matchups versus these guys who are in that group just beneath the toughest of the toughest so this is Devonte adams schedule for 2018 as far as his his cornerback matchups and you got to remember yes he is tied to aaron Rodgers' arm he is going to be in a prolific offense that scores a lot of points he is going to be the primary red zone weapon he does have the trust of aaron Rodgers. Yada yada yada. He even had a big year last year with fucking filth throwing him, throwing throwing him the football. Guys like Brett, you know Brett Hundley. So uh, Devonte Adams is a, is a stud. He's turned into a much better player than I ever expected him to be. I we, we understand all that. Out of the top fifty wide receivers in fantasy football, his schedule is the absolute worst. It starts out he face here. Just here it is. It goes Prince Prince Mukamara week one. Xavier Rhodes, week two. Josh Norman, week three. All right, so, so Prince of Moore Bears. Xavier Rhodes, Vikings. Josh Norman, Redskins. Tredavious White, 
just an elite lockdown corner in this, an elite young lockdown corner in this league who got overshadowed a little bit last year by Marshawn Lattimore's coming onto the scene. Week five, a guy who's a little bit overrated but still tough to go against for the Lions, Darius Slay. Week six, Richard Sherman, who against a guy like Devontae Adams is, is absolute kryptonite. The guys who you can beat Richard Sherman with, unless you're Julio Jones and you're just a, a, a different kind of human and, a, and an alien. The kind of guys who you can beat Richard Sherman with are your Antonio Browns or your Tyreek Hills. Not necessarily your big, you know, your big, tall, lankier guys that are at some points are going to have to get physical at the catch point. They then uh, the Packers then have their bye week in week seven. They come out of bye, and Devontae Adams will be facing Marcus Peters. And if it's not Mark, we don't know what's. I mean, if Marcus Peters is going to stay on one side of the field uh, predominantly, or whether he's going to move from side to side, whether he'll shadow. He did not shadow in Kansas City. He would always line up, I believe, on the left. Side. I have to look, but I believe it was the left side of the defense. Was it the left or the right side of the defense? Picture it in my head. It actually feels like it was the right side of the defense, the left side of the offense. I'll have to go back and look. But um, Peters. If it's, if it's not Peters, it's a it, it's a keep to leave. So that's going to be an awful matchup there with the Rams. The week after that, it's it's Stephon Gilmore, who seems to have taken somewhat of a step back there for the Patriots, but who our, our analytics and our models still show as 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 a, as a uh, if not a top end option, at least a tougher than average option to go against. In week ten, they they'll have the Miami Dolphins, who generally would be a, a fairly easy matchup, but. Xavier Howard, as we told you guys, out of Baylor, that's a guy who the team loved. That was in training camp intelligence uh, last year from from Miami. We've always admired uh, Xavier Howard as a prospect. And by all of our models, Xavier Howard actually <laughs> he projects as one of the toughest corners in the National Football League coming into the 2018 season. After that, he'll have um, – He'll go against Seattle, who, you know, that is a definitely a depleted secondary group. It's no longer the Legion of Boom, but Shaquille Griffin, uh, certainly recognized by our analytics as an above-average player in a tough matchup. He'll once again get Xavier Rhodes, who is never going to be a cakewalk, even though we saw last year that he could be um, – you know, we saw in the we saw in the Thanksgiving game at least versus Marvin Jones that you can you can burn that guy. I just I don't think it's going to be any any walk in the park for Devonte Adams. We're still not done with his season yet, guys. We're only at week thirteen, and in week thirteen he walks right into Patrick Peterson. <laughs> After Patrick Peterson, he'll get Desmond Trufant, who's one of the top cover corners in the National Football League, especially when he's going against these bigger, taller, wide receivers. He goes against those guys all the time. In the NFC South, he, well, he goes against Julio Jones in, in, in practice. He goes against the Michael Thomases of the world. He goes against the Mike Evans of the world. He goes against the Devin Funches of the world. Nothing new there to Des Trufant. In week 15, he'll have Prince of Mukamura again. And as we mentioned, week 16 is the first week that he's going to have any matchup that we even see is just as neutral. And that's with Morris Claiborne. So uh, Devontae Adams, just somebody who you'll want to – just kind of, uh, you know, just maybe, maybe, maybe uh, tap the brakes there just a little bit. Some other guys with some with uh, the tough matchups. I'll just tell you who the who the bottom five matchups are. With bottom five matchups are on this list as far as the overall season, and those are Demarius Thomas, Antonio Brown, Stephon Diggs, which is tough because you know Stephon Diggs. I thought it was just so crazy that his ADP could be later than Adam Thielen's. 
well, this is just maybe one reason for if you're an Adam Thielen guy to think that there's a possibility that that continues. With that being said, though, with that being said, Stephon Diggs could run a lot more routes out of the slot this year. And with this, this projection that we had on Stephon Diggs is that he's going to be running the majority of his routes on, on the outside. So if they decide that they want to run him out of the slot, you know, there's, there's a lot of advanced analytics out there that say Adam Thielen might actually be the better option on the outside with Stephon Diggs getting more routes out of the slot. So we'll see, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. I'll put a little asterisk next to that one. And then the second worst schedule. And this is maybe another one that I should read off because this is one where it could technically be worse than it looks. Sammy Watkins has two neutral matchups, but these are neutral matchups. They could end up being these red and pink matchups before we even know it. One of them a little less likely in, in Dre Kirkpatrick. We've had a little bit of time to see what's going to what's what's likely to happen with him. You have to figure out you have to figure in that game versus the Bengals that William Jackson, who has turned into an elite uh, uh, back end coverage man, is probably going to be on, over on Tyreek Hill for a bunch of his routes. Dre Kirkpatrick seems to match up more physically with a, a bigger guy like Sammy Watkins. And, th- I mean, Dre Kirkpatrick, I mean, you know, we've, we've been to his pro day. We've seen him there at Alabama working out. We did a lot of work on him as a prospect. That kid's a beast. So it's something to keep an eye out there for. And then the other one, uh, when, whenever they play the Browns, you know that Sammy Watkins is going to get Denzel Ward. And who knows what's going to happen with Denzel Ward? Um, we like if if I'll just say if I would have made this individual matchup projections tool for 2018 back in 2017, Marshall and Lattimore wouldn't have been a red cell in this thing. You know, I, you can, with these rookies, I mean, if you think they're going to be good, you think they're going to be good, but you can't give them credit for being you know an above average cover man in the National Football League. So. Um, he could, by the time we get to week nine and Sammy Watkins and the Chiefs are facing off against the Browns, he could be going against a monster in Denzel Ward. But anyway, so here's his schedule. Sammy Watkins is going to have – this is a monster. He's going to have Casey Hayward, Joe Hayden, Richard Sherman, Chris Harris, Jalen Ramsey, Marshawn Lattimore, Dre Kirkpatrick, Chris Harris – Denzel Ward, Patrick Peterson, Marcus Peters and or Aqib Tlaib, Rayshawn Melvin, Jimmy Smith, Casey Hayward again, and Shaquille Griffin. Uh, he, is the, he has the second worst schedule as far as cornerback wide receiver matchups in the National Football League. Okay, so with that matchup talk, uh, as far as the bad ones, let me just give you a couple good ones. Again, you can find all of this stuff at rosterwatch.com. The guy at the very top of the I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll give you the guy at the very top of the list as far as season long, and because it's going to transition me well into our next subject, which is just talking a little bit about some DK pricing um, for Week One that was released this week uh, on, or I guess just yesterday on DraftKings, just out of nowhere it popped. I saw somebody tweeting about Week One prices, and sure enough, there they are. Um, Sterling Shepard has the best schedule as far as uh, opposing cornerback matchups in the National Football League. And it's not that surprising that the top of this list is littered with slot wide receivers because our analytics and just in general slot corners aren't as good as outside corners. They aren't the same big time players. Now, as a slot corner, you have to have you got to have a very specialized skill set and you have to 
be a technician and you have to be able to survive whenever um, whenever a wide receiver or an athletic tight end has a two-way go against you on, on, on an option route. But see for, see, for all those reasons, you don't get these – you don't – outside of maybe got like Chris Harris last year would play a, a ton out of the slot. That's not going to be the case this year, I don't think. Um, at least it shouldn't be the case this year. Vance Joseph knows what the fuck he's doing. Uh, Chris Harris is going to have to move to the outside – um, we also saw that guys last year, like Kendall Fuller, for the Redskins, is a is a murderer uh, on the inside, and now he's a Kansas City Chief, and that is something that we're gonna have to kind of actually we'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, a little bit about Kendall Fuller and how I project him to uh, handle his opposing wide receivers whenever we talk about some of these DK plays and some initial uh, thoughts on on DraftKings for Week One as far as the pricing, but Sterling Shepard. Uh, current ADP of wide receiver 44. Week one, he'll get DJ Hayden, who who sucks. It, basically, I'll tell you, these are all the top eight to ten matchups that he's going to have during the season. He'll get DJ Hayden week one. He'll get Kareem uh, Jackson of Houston in week t- three. In week five, he'll get Captain, Captain Mutterlin out there in um, Carolina. In week six, he'll get Sidney Jones, who... I know that the Philadelphia Eagles, they really believe in that young kid, but as of the information that we have on us right now, you know, as far as a bunch of advanced analytics, he just, he is, he has not been good. Um, Sterling Shepard is going to get Brian Poole in week seven. In week eight, he's going to get the, the rotting, mummified corpse of Orlando Skandrick. Uh, week 10, he's going to play the 49ers and go against a guy who we loved, just so much coming out, who, um, We've seen be good at stopping some of these really good slot wide receivers. Um, Larry Fitzgerald comes to mind from two years ago, Jimmy Ward, but last year just really, really slid back. If he's going to be the guy uh, handling that those slot wide receivers, that's going to be a good matchup. Week 12, he'll get Sidney Jones again. Week 14, he will get Orlando Skandrick. And then in week 17, for your, or we, I'm sorry, week 16 for your fantasy football championship, Sterling Shepard will get the Colts and their horrible slot corner, Nate Hairston. So uh, as far as his uh, total uh, cumulative score here on the sheet, uh, he has the highest score of anybody. Uh, and also as far as his fast start and his playoffs, uh, those, those schedules uh, are a few of the best. When we talk about a fast start, that means the first four games of the season. Arguably the guy with the best, uh, the best fast start it's going to be Jamison Crowder. Uh, he's also number two on this list. Um, he's going to start out with Jamar Taylor, Nate Harrison, and depending on how Jair Alexander looks, the rookie for the Green Bay Packers, who could be another one of these deals like Denzel Ward. He could be one of these guys who's really good. We just don't know yet. We can't give him credit for that just yet. Um, we have him as number two here on this list. And then it's pretty kind of surprisingly, Marquise Lee. And I think the reason Marquise Lee is so high on this list is because he's going to be facing a lot of these teams' number two corners because these big corners that can body up, that have some length, that are going to need to go up and be uh, defenders against the contested catch. Uh, They're going against Blake Bortles and the rest of these Jaguars. Those guys are going to be matched up on Dante Moncrief. So there there you go, the guys at the very top. Um, It it is Sterling Shepard, Jamison Crowder, Marquise Lee. Oh, and I forgot to mention Marquise Goodwin. Uh, another guy with um, sort of in that same sort of in that same Marquise Lee mold, where you figure that probably the longer B 
beastlier kind of number one corner on the team is generally going to get matched up there on the other side with with Pierre Garçon. The 2018 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. An expert quality draft is guaranteed. It's magical. It's mystical. It's mythical. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. It is only at rosterwatch.com. Okay, so let's talk a little bit now about some of the DraftKings pricing. And uh, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just look a little bit at mainly running backs and wide receivers, but I also wanted to just touch on defense. I think that this might be a, a week one where we just kind of pay all the way up for defense because, I, I mean, at least my initial thought is that Buffalo is going to Bal- the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens are sub 4K. So if, if, we, if we're getting the Ravens at 3,800 in this deal, uh, it's – I mean, Buffalo is going to be bad, guys. They have the worst offensive line in the National Football League. If you look at our offensive line rankings and our and our measurements, for, and if it, honestly, if you just look at the actual sheet and look to see how much worse they are than the rest of the league, very telling. We don't know who's going to be a quarterback. We don't even know if Shady McCoy is going to be there. I, I just, I mean, it's just really, really hard for me to believe that a Kelvin Benjamin, Chris Ivory led, you know, offensive attack with with. A, you know, touches of Charles Clay is going to do anything against this Baltimore defense that, I mean, every other week this team is, I mean, look at their game logs from from last year. 25 points, 17 points, minus 4 points, 3 points, 12 points, 20 points, 2 points, 29 points, 5 points, 26 points, 9 points, 16 points, minus 1 point, 20 points, 5 points and 3 points. That's a lot of 20-point games and 29-pointers and 26-pointers and 12-pointers and, uh, you know, 25-pointers, 20-pointers. So uh, this is the kind of game where those guys are going to tee off. At the wide receiver position, though, just I want to say that, that one thing about defense. Uh, a, cu- a couple things really popped off to me. One was that Keenan Allen seems a little bit cheap at 7500 but we talked earlier we're going to get back to Kendall Fuller and the word that we're getting out of Kendall the word that we're getting out of KC is that Kendall Fuller is going to basically operate on the outside but when there's a good slot wide receiver or when there is a um when there's a good uh, you know a situation to where they can come in and uh, bring bring the other two guys in, uh, St- Stephen Nelson and probably pro- probably David Amerson. Whenever they can bring those two guys in and, and get Kendall Fuller into the slot, the Fuller's going to move into the slot. So regardless of where Keenan Allen's lined up, whether it's the slot or whether they're in a two wide receiver set where he's outside, he's going to get Kendall Fuller. Uh, that's the way I see it. And so I don't want to pay seventy five hundred for him uh, on that day. I do think that if you look down just a little bit from him, the guy, the next guy down. At 7,300, we have A.J. Green uh, going uh, going up against Indianapolis. And that game is – what is the over-under in that game? Um, I was looking at it just a little bit earlier. Yeah, a decent over-under in this game of 46. Uh, looks like the Indianapolis Colts, for, for God knows why, are actually favored in this game. So if that is indeed the case, you know, if, if they are three-point 
uh, favorites in the game. You, you're going to have the Cincinnati Bengals presumably playing as uh, small underdogs, which is technically um, you know, a lot more promising for the passing game than it is for the running game. And you're going to have A.J. Green, who's a guy that's, that's absolutely set to break out this year, uh, who's going to be coming in healthy that everybody's forgotten about. I doubt he gets a whole lot of ownership. Um, and in, in, week, in this game, he's going to be going up against, against Quincy Wilson. Like these these corners for the um, for the for the Indianapolis Colts are absolute horrible. They're horrible trash. They they are they are no good. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, AJ Green that one that first week. I think that he could be the guy who just breaks the slate. Um, Seventy three hundred. He's one of the first guys who in these initial lineups that I'm getting in right now. And granted, God damn, I know a million things can change. I'm looking at the clock up here. This contest doesn't go live for one thousand seventy seven hours, thirty five minutes and twenty eight, twenty seven, twenty six, twenty five seconds. But at, at first glance, A.J. Green would be the first guy that I kind of click in here to my lineups. Um, as I kind of go down the list here and, and talk about guys who are intriguing to me, I think that Chris Hogan, week one at 6,100, um, if you look at Hogan's week, one, uh, Hogan's week one matchup, I remember we talked about it on the pod before, trying to put an over-under on, on, uh, on what Hogan's salary was going to be. We put it at 5,800, so we were pretty close. Chris Hogan in week one, only uh, 6,100, probably going to face off against Aaron Colvin. But you never know, man. Chris Hogan's a guy that they could, depending on how the alignments and stuff work, until Julian Edelman gets back, they could be using him a lot in the slot and putting guys like Philip Dorsett, uh, Malcolm Mitchell, any of these other dudes you know, out there at the, um, at the outside wide receiver positions. And if that's the case, uh, then the matchup gets all the more juicy. Aaron Colvin, we just kind of see that right now. As a dude who's moving from a nickel corner to an outside corner, we see that as a, just a just a neutral matchup for him. So I think that's interesting for Chris Hogan, considering the over under in that game is I believe it was it fifty one points. Let me just don't make sure. And again, this is subject to change before the start of the season, but I believe yeah, it's a fifty one point over under. The uh, Patriots are six and a half point favorites in that one. Um, going down the list a little bit more here on DK. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster looks like he's probably going to be interesting at only 5,900. We know that he's a big game waiting to happen. And Look, if you're not going to buy into the, any hype about Denzel Ward, uh, they're, they're going to, uh, to play at Cleveland. Uh, Juju's a guy who, despite his very, very young age, has just a, a smooth veteran savvy as far as his route running and his ability to blow by defenders. So you could certainly get behind that play. Um and going down a little bit here to the sub 5K area, I think Emmanuel Sanders at only 5K could be interesting because nobody's going to want to use him uh, versus Seattle. But again, we talked about it. That's not the same. That's not the same Seattle defense. You got to figure that it's going to be Demarius Thomas that sees most of Shaquille Griffin. That would likely project for Emmanuel Sanders being on Nico Thorpe. So at at five thousand, I could I could get behind that. I could see Emmanuel Sanders going for eight receptions in this game and providing a really good PPR floor. 
As we go down, another guy that we talked about earlier, Sterling Shepard, we know that he's going to be going uh, up against Jacksonville, and he's he's going to be playing out of the slot. That's where he plays. And so what do you know about Jacksonville? Well, you have A.J. Bouye on one side. You have Jalen Ramsey on the other side. You used to have Aaron Colvin working out of that slot, who was really good. You replace him with D.J. Hayden, who sucks. And so to me, that's just a – that's a – a, a big opportunity in the middle of that defense that Eli Manning probably is going to want to exploit because I don't think he's going to want to fit the, this ball uh, into any of those tight windows to his outside wide receivers if he can get it into, into Sterling Shepard uh, with a guy like uh, DJ Hayden who seems to just – I know he had a little bit of an uptick last year, but he just seems to allow these guys to separate at ease. Uh, let's see. As I keep going down the list here, um, I think I think that's sort of where – I sort of where I left it as for I mean we we look at these guys pretty interesting that you can play Tavon Austin as a as a wide receiver here um I don't know if they're gonna I don't know if that's gonna something that's gonna change throughout the rest of the season or what John Brown you know at Buffalo you know he's gonna he's not gonna see any of Tredavious White so that could be a little bit interesting there and they uh kind of off the completely off the radar um, kind of play as, as people wrongly flock to Michael Crabtree in that same uh, wide receiver core. And I'm just looking here. Hey, you know the thing I'm pissed about? No, no Anthony Miller on this slate. The Bears play the Green Bay in the Sunday night game. And so we'll, we'll at least be able to play Anthony Miller in prime time. It'll be Miller time in prime time. Okay, this is a solo pod. I was wondering how the fuck I was going to go the whole time. Now I've gone over. So let's just go quickly over some of these runners. Alvin Kamara at 8,500. He's going to be at home. Uh, No Mark Ingram and facing off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers via our proprietary algorithm uh, to start the season. Let's see. The New Orleans Saints. Yeah, so it is going to be a, a top eight matchup. I believe, actually, it's more like a top three matchup. Alvin Kamara is going to have there in that game. So uh, Alvin Kamara and A.J. Green to start out my DFS lineups. I I love that. Very intrigued with the idea of Kareem Hunt for just 6,900 against the L.A. Chargers, who continue to be a defense that is built to stop everything except the run. Uh, We've seen that Kareem Hunt can always get off to a very fast start. Very intrigued by Saquon at only 6,700 going up uh, against Jacksonville at home. We've talked about how it's going to be tough to pass on those guys. It's going to be tough to get the balls to your outside, tough to get the ball to your outside receivers. Uh, Saquon Barkley could figure in heavily in this game, both uh, as a runner and as a receiver out of the backfield. I was intrigued to see that um, that uh, Chris Ivory is priced up to forty nine hundred. Uh, I guess that's in case of Lashawn McCoy, you know, not being available for us there. Even so. Look, I'm 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 glad they didn't leave him down at 3,500 or something like that, or th- or even 3K where he likely would have been, um, if not for this Lashawn McCoy news. Simply because that would have ruined the whole slate. It it, it would have ruined everything. <laughs> you know that you got to play Chris Ivory just to keep up with the Joneses. Um, with that said, I might 
I, you know, we have, like I said, we have 1,077 hours, 29 minutes, and seven seconds, six seconds, five seconds <laughs> to get this thing figured out. But I don't know how much Chris Ivory I'm going to have at 4,900, even if there's no shady uh, going there to, to Baltimore in what's likely to be one of the lower uh, totals of the week. It's certainly, yeah, so that, that, that game has a 41 total. That's going to be a t- fucking stinker. Uh, and the Ravens are uh, six-point favorites, so we won't even, even have game script uh, to our advantage in that one. Um, I think that probably the most interesting one that I saw y- yesterday when I first looked at this was, boy, there's a bunch of them, and there's too much to get to here, but uh, look, Rex Burkhead for 4,200 as a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home in a season opener versus the Houston Texans, who are not going to be an easy matchup to face on the ground. But if in a 51 over-under, and he's only 4,200, I think that it makes a ton of sense, and I think that he could be pretty chalky uh, once we start getting into uh, the time whenever all the touts come out and start um, you know, making their plays available in earnest and kind of talking up the players who they see as uh, being the best values on the slate. Because for 4,200, you look at Sony Michelle, he's only, uh, you know, he's, he's, it, it isn't like he's super expensive, but Sony Michelle's up here at 5,100. And we don't, we don't even know what to expect out of him yet. What we know about Rex Burkhead is that he is a good football player, that he's a good receiver out of the backfield, that he's gritty, he's a coach on the field, he brings his lunch pail to work, and every other thing that you say about white running backs. 